What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends, talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, you wake up this Sunday as a fan of the World Series champions. Does that, does that still feel real to say, or does it kind of feel like a dream? Or You, you know, almost you feel at? like somebody's going to wake you up and take it away from you. Yeah, I mean, you know, 26 years. I, w- the 95 Braves, that was the last Georgia championship, was it not? Yes, it was. Besides this year, so yeah. Yes, it, well, Great. Atlanta United won like three years ago. Oh, that's ago. right. I forgot about that. They I forgot did, about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, incredible season by the Braves. Obviously, you know, I, I think I speak for both of us, correct me if I'm wrong, but I wrote them off at the All Star break. They weren't oh, even no doubt. 500 until what beginning of August was when no they doubt. finally hit. 500. I still, I, I don't think we we ever gave up hope that they would win the East because it's not the East is terrible. Exactly, there yeah. wasn't really any contenders in there. Now, did we think they would beat the Dodgers or Milwaukee? Or, well, I thought Milwaukee. I did not think the Dodgers were Houston. No, but you didn't think that at the, at the All Star break. Oh, I call that one hundred. Well, not the, no, not the All Star break. I mean. No, no, no. When this the series is, yeah. started, yes, exactly. Oh no, I'm with you one hundred percent. I thought Milwaukee wouldn't be too much of a problem, but to me, let's start there. Alex Anthopoulos at the All Star break could have just completely dismembered this team. You lose, you know, three major guys and Acuna. Yeah. You, you mentioned it. We we didn't even have Soroka. We never had him. We re-injured him. You lose Ozuna to being a knucklehead on the side over there. Yeah, and then what does he do? Goes out and gets a whole new outfield. Not only that, though, he got a whole new outfield for virtually a bag of peanuts. Let's be honest. I mean, he got Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval. And then he got dropped immediately. Yeah, he got dropped immediately, which Pablo had some big hits, but, I mean, he's old, obviously. Um, He got, I believe it was either Jorge or it was Jock for, uh, I think, the 30th overall prospect in our farm system. I mean, like, he got these guys for nothing. And without those four guys, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, we don't. A, make it to the playoffs, or B, even come close to sniffing a World Series. I agree. So, let's just talk about that night, okay? Uh, It was Monday night, right? That's when we won? Tuesday. Tuesday night. Monday was a travel day. That's right. Monday was travel day, Tuesday night. We're sitting there, and honestly, let's just call a spade a spade. The game was boring. Yeah, it was. I mean, and you would honestly, that's okay with me. We yeah. hadn't won a championship, and I don't know how long. It just, you know, Atlanta or the city of Georgia, the state of Georgia, except for Atlanta United a couple of years back, like we mentioned. And I mean, just from the word go, Max Freed, yep. that ankle gets stepped on, and it awakened the beast. Like it flipped the switch. Have you seen the meme where it's it's the picture of the cleat on his ankle, and it's then it's Michael Jordan saying, "And I took that personally." Yeah, I have seen that. It was a good and one. He that was did, a good one. and he was just absolutely like absolutely. Out. Followed by a bullpen that, if to me, if you're giving an award out for MVP, I obviously know Solaire got right, it, which right. completely well deserved. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the night shift bullpen of Jackson, Matzik, Will Smith, AJ Minter just completely lights out from top to Absolutely. bottom, pretty much Absolutely. the whole entire playoffs. And the, the Atlanta Braves are your World Series champions. Yeah, absolutely. It does not feel real. If it, uh, if it, if it doesn't, if this doesn't explain to you what it's like to be a Georgia sports fan, I, I don't know what will. But I think I texted you around the sixth inning, and it was still six nothing. I said, I feel like if they score one more, it ices the game. And you were like, I don't know if I can go with that until they get the last out. That's, and that's what I'm saying. I had so many – you you and I, and I know you felt the same way. But everybody's texting like, I think we're going to do it. And I'm like, bro. Yeah, yeah, not I yet. I have seen Georgia up 21 points in a national championship. Yeah. I mean, it, it, nothing is over till it's over. Nothing is safe. Nothing is sacred here in the Atlanta-Georgia sports uh, realm. But, I mean, completely did it. And I yeah. didn't, I didn't yeah. have uh, Atlanta winning by a touchdown, but – Right, no, a yeah. touchdown oh, was yeah. enough, and it's you know I think Houston might have had a runner on third once or twice, but really never never threatened that last game. Never, it was crazy never really did. It was it was special, man, from beating the Dodgers, which honestly felt like a major win. No, oh, yeah, because that was when the the hashtag change the narrative was out there, right? And uh, and people kind of started running with that after we beat the Dodgers, and I was like, no, you don't change the narrative until you win. Oh until yeah, you for win sure, it all. for sure, and. Uh, you know, hashtag resign Freddie now goes into full effect. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we'll get to all that uh, in the off season. But uh, we got a we got some college football. We got to break. We down. do. We, we do. do. Here with our first segment of the day, the Bash Brothers Week in Review. What this is is we will go into about four or five games, take a deep dive, and around here we don't save the best for last. We start with the best of the game we saw this week. Jordan, what was the best game you saw this week? I mean, I got to go here, right? They they hopped in the top four in the previous uh, playoff 
uh, playoff hole last week, last Tuesday, and immediately are going to get knocked out. Sparty, number three, rolls into Purdue. Purdue's beaten how many top five teams this season, I think you said? Last well, week? now after this, two. But they yeah. own the record for the most wins against top five ranked opponents in the history of college football. It is absolutely insane. Michigan State looked good coming off that. Well, I'm not going to say looked good. They looked promising coming off that win against Michigan last week. We'll say the spot of number three was deserved. It was. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And immediately just let it slip. Purdue wins this game at home, forty to twenty-nine. Aiden O'Connell, Purdue's quarterback, goes forty of fifty-four, five hundred thirty-six yards, three touchdowns. Kenneth Walker still has a, a, a I mean, I'd say a, a good game here. Twenty-three a carries, one hundred forty-six yards, one touchdown. Just Sparty couldn't get it done. That that defense keeps getting shredded. I think that's what everybody was worried about getting you know moving forward with them being a playoff contender. Uh, yeah, I mean, p- potentially still have things coming in front of you. I mean, you still got to play Ohio State. That could look good. You still ha- are in contention for a possible Big Ten title. But, man, this really hurts the playoff uh, contention. It does, and they preached it all week. I mean, any place you listen to, if you if you perked your ears up, everybody was saying, Michigan State, do not listen to the noise. You're coming off of a massive win, big emotional rivalry, little brother, big brother versus Michigan. And Purdue is just sitting there licking their chops, just sitting at the dinner table, the head of the table, just saying, come on in. The Boilermakers are going to play Spoilermakers here. You like that? That's not bad. I, like, huh? I, like I was like off it. top, too. And just talk. And I got to say, okay, the screenplay that you've probably seen a review of it, a replay of it 100,000 times, mm-hmm. that's one of the top five greatest college football plays I've ever seen. Yeah. If you're a college football coach out there and you've got a big game coming up, circle that play and put it in your playbook, teach it to your, to, teach it to your offense, and unleash that one. Honestly, dude, this game wasn't even close. No. This was a butt whooping. It was, yeah. And is a prime example of the psychological dance, if you will, that college football is. Everybody warned Michigan State all week. Mel Tucker comes out in his press conference on like Tuesday or Wednesday and says, I have told the guys, if we lose this game, it's not because they're not prepared for what's coming. But, I mean, once again, we saw it with Iowa when they were ranked number two. They go to Purdue. Purdue handles business. Well, I think that game was actually at home for Iowa. And then, like I said, like you, you you said it, man, Michigan State goes into Purdue, and from the coin flip, it was yep. all Boilermaker. Yep. I mean, we're seeing rat poison, I feel like, a lot this season. you got a lot of teams in here that are not used to these top three, you know, top five, top eight rankings, and they're struggling. I mean, you know, we're seeing it with Cincinnati. Um, we're seeing it with Ohio State some, and they're used to all it. All right, I got to stop you there because I don't think it's rat poison. It might not be. I think but I think they're not very good. Well, that might I be true too. I, if if you watched that Michigan game, Michigan was the better team on the field. Yeah, all day long, Michigan was better. Michigan State has struggled one their way through their season, and that's solid. You got to win close ball games. Yeah, I agree but with you, that. But if you're going if you're going to compete for the for the title, if you're going to compete for the best team in college football, you can't be getting struggle wins versus lesser opponents every. I other agree week. with that. And you but, definitely shouldn't be losing to Purdue. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think I think Michigan State is still better than Purdue. I mean, I think they are as well. But then again, you look at these teams that they struggle with, whether that be Nebraska. I mean, obviously they struggled against Michigan. They're just and, – and you mentioned Cincinnati, and we'll get there. Yeah. These are teams that – I mean, it's – we'll get to all that because we'll it's there. coming. We'll it is coming. But just my final thoughts on that game is Michigan State – might have got caught looking ahead. I agree because they've got a solid game. I uh, agree. This, you know, they got a lot of solid games coming up. Honestly, the meat of their schedule, really. You know, you look yep. at Ohio State, Penn State, whatnot. But well, hats off to Purdue. I agree. Well, Beat talking about record. talking about playoff contenders not waking up. Hey, for game very, day, very well uh, done. Very well done. You want you want to talk about this one? You want to start it off? I will love to. Hey, give me a high five and let's thank Vegas for getting yep. us some points Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Uh, the 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 picking of college football is just excellent. So what we're referencing here is the University of North Carolina Tar Heels played the undefeated number nine ranked Wake Forest. Yep. Who honestly got a pretty solid rank in there in the yep, college yeah, football yeah. playoff. I agree. Hadn't really beat too much of anybody. The ACC is obviously down, hashtag down bad, but. UNC and Wake Forest come out, and they met. Did you know this? Both coaches met in the middle of the field before the game and said, hey, let's just not play defense. And they shook hands and said, yeah, let's go yeah, score. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Because that is about what happened. An absolute shootout 
very reminiscent of the 28-point comeback that UNC had versus Wake Forest last year. Wake mm-hmm. Forest is at one point, I think, down 21. Either 21 or 17. They battle all the way back. North Carolina gets the win, 58-55, to and not only wins outright, but covers the two in a hook. Yeah. Which Vegas told us, listen, yes, I pick college football and it's a competition, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you another peek behind the curtain, which we've said this before. Oh, yeah. If you are picking college football, look at the spread day one. Mm-hmm. Vegas is going to tell you who's most likely to win. And if the team that is favored is the team that is not supposed to win, oh, yeah. you better pick them. Absolutely. I don't care if, if, if you know, the buddy you know down the street's fighting Conor McGregor. If the daggum person is favored who's down the street by Vegas, you better pick him because they're telling you something. Absolutely. What a game, man. Absolutely. Sam Hartman, Sam Howe will come out. Yeah. I think they combined for over 1,000 yards easy. I mean, it was yeah. just absolutely nuts. What it, was what was combined yards? So combined yards for the two, it, it was about – about 600. Six, only 600? Yeah. Okay. As far as in the air. As far as in the air. Okay, in the air. Yes, I mean offensive. Well, yeah. yeah, I said Sam's. But offensively, just a freaking powerhouse of a game. If oh, yeah. either of these teams had a defense, they would be scary. Because, oh, I mean, these teams yeah. are putting up points versus anybody. I don't care if you're playing Georgia's defense or whoever's. You're going to put up a significant amount of points. You might struggle a little bit more than you did, obviously, against each other. But just a lights-out offensive performance yeah. and another massive upset. Yeah, absolutely. I, I called this Battle of the Sams before the game started. Yes, it, you did. It, the uh, Sam-off. Yeah, the Sam-off. That's a good one. I like it. But obviously, Sam Howell was a preseason, a preseason kind of Heisman candidate, possibly. Sam Hartman's kind of thrown his name in that ring, too. Played a, he's been playing a great year. Um, but Sam Hartman, 25 of 51, 398 yards, five touchdowns. Little issue protecting the ball here through two picks. And that was the difference yeah, maker. It we was. Saw, especially we saw that late in the game on the drive where Wake Forest is going to take the lead with about a minute and a half left. Throws a pick six, and that yeah. ices the ball game. Absolutely. I mean, Sam Howell, his passing line really won't reflect his impact on this game. Made a lot of great plays with his legs here. I was going to say the yeah. legs of that man, yeah. brother. 16 26, 216 yards, a touchdown. But Ty Chandler really carried a load for North Carolina yes, he here. Did. 22 carries, 213 yards, got in the end zone four times. Man, North Carolina won this game off a 24 point fourth quarter. I'm, I mean, how reminiscent is that yeah. to last year's 28 point fourth quarter? Absolutely. I mean, it is. It Those is, who don't recognize history yeah. are doomed to repeat it. I mean, it's the shootout I think we wanted. I mean, it, it really turned into a good game. The over under was, I think, the highest in the last four or five years. I think it was 68 and a hook. And yeah. They blew that out of the water by the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kept going. So if you had the over, as we always say, cha ching, you cashed yeah. out at the bank there. But hey, hats off to UNC. That is a big win. They got a pretty interesting game coming up here, too, next week versus Pitt. I mean,. The ACC is just like a comedy of errors. Yeah, I mean, I agree. it really is. It's just who's going to be the best at the end, I have no idea. But, you know, obviously yeah. all dreams are still alive there for Wake Forest, clearly. Now on to uh, what we would call the Bash Brothers game of the week. Yeah, This was our game of the week. Um, Not a great pick by us. Didn't nah. work out that way. Nah. Uh, Texas A&M and Auburn. Yep. Auburn goes to Kyle Field, 330 CBS Classic. Uh, Bo Nix versus Zach Calzada, and uh, a great defensive game here. It really was, I yeah. I mean, this was a great defensive game. What would you see? I'm telling you, when I pick Auburn, Bo Nix is going to find some way to not play like he's been playing. Obviously, he has a great past two, three weeks, I'd say. Rolls into uh, A&M here. Had a fumble, I believe, at least one. I know he had one fumble, at least. I don't, know if he, I don't think he had another one. Throws a pick, but 20 of 41, 153 yards. Cal Zeta was honestly just the more manageable quarterback. 15 and 29, 192 yards. Isaiah Spiller had a big 100 yard game on the ground. Yeah, big offense. I think, well, a halftime score, I think, was 6 to 3, Texas AM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, only field goals in the first half. Texas AM finally got a little offense in the second half and scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, obviously Texas AM right now is the biggest Arkansas and Auburn fan in the country. Yeah, they are. Great point. For me, this game, honestly, narratively, when I watch this game and I come out of it, it is that Texas A&M is, is moving towards being a complete football team. Yeah. I mean, this necessarily wasn't Bo Nick's bad game for me. I really don't think he had that bad of a game. Texas A&M's defense was just lights out. 
you hold a team to three points, that's not necessarily a bad offensive day. Normally, that's a great defensive day for your team. And obviously, Zach Calzada, as game manager as game managers can be, I mean, just he's going to diamond dunk them all the way down the field. Oh, yeah. A-Chain and Isaiah Spiller as a running back duo is just absolutely nasty. Probably mm-hmm. one of the best tandems in the country. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Kyle Field, tough place to play. I don't even think that really had any impact on it. We mentioned before, Auburn played at Penn State. You know, they played at Arkansas. They played at Georgia. They had seen 100,000-plus crowds that are absolutely nuts already. Oh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Field didn't bother them. This A&M team, when they beat Alabama, yeah. it snapped something in their brains that said, we can beat anybody. Yeah, And there is nothing stronger than the belief of somebody who thinks they can win. I agree. And then that turns into expecting to win. I We've agree. seen the Crimson Tide do it for umpteen years now. Yep. Texas A&M is a problem. You don't yep. want to play Texas A&M right now. And to me, as I come out of this football game, my sole narrative is that Texas A&M is for real, and they're a great football team. Well, they're going to get a good test next week. They are. And then, like I said, they're praying Arkansas and Auburn can do some magic in the last couple weeks of the season here. I'm going to say this, too. There is an argument to be made. I know you you know, you know, mentioned it when we were talking yesterday. Losses definitely have to come into effect. There's 100% an argument for Texas A&M being a top-eight football team. Oh, I can say that, yeah, 100%. I mean, I mean who – all right, if they played Michigan State right now, who would win? I think A&M. Oh, I oh, A&M. oh Michigan State, yeah, A&M, yeah. 100%. 100%. And they were a top three team this past yeah. week. If they played Cincinnati, who'd you pick? A&M. Easy. I mean, there's something Which, to be said there. In, in Cincinnati's defense, there's not a whole lot of teams I would pick over or uh, <laughs> under them right now. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Very good point. So, hey, hats off to A&M. Game day is headed to uh, not necessarily your city, but they're coming to watch your football game. That's for sure there yep. uh, in uh, Oxford. But now we got to talk about Alabama. Oh, Normally, Lord. I feel like we always start there. Now we got to yeah, end there. Yeah, we might make some people mad on this one. I don't know about you. I have some kind of hot takes here. <laughs> I know, and, and it's this is so tough for us, man, because we stay as unbiased as we can. There are things I literally do not say on this podcast because I want to not only be unbiased, but sometimes I put a layer of protection on my unbiased. But at this point, you have to call a spade a spade. Yeah. The Alabama Crimson Tide mm-hmm. is not that good. Comparatively. Comparatively. No, no. Yes. Comparatively. So let me let's I, be honest. Are they still a top three, top four, top two football team this year? Yes. Hundred percent. Yes. The measuring stick is Georgia. That's just the facts. I agree. And for Alabama, the measuring stick is yourself. Your fan base and everybody else is gonna compare you fairly or unfairly to teams of the past. Yeah, I agree. So I was thinking about this on the way home. And, and you know, tell me if I'm being too harsh or not harsh enough or whatever. Oh, I'll keep you in check, brother. I, if you're if I'm thinking about the twenty two players Alabama plays Defense offense, right? If I'm thinking about if I look at a list of those players and start crossing off players I just think are below Alabama's par, I'm marking out most of the O-line and pretty much everybody on defense besides Will Anderson. I just – I, you know, we're used to Alabama having, what, nine first-rounders on defense, just a defense <laughs> it loaded. Seem, it seems like that, yeah. Will Anderson's, and offense, man. Will Anderson's the only one playing consistent. Bryce Young, still an amazing quarterback. Brian uh, Robinson, I think, is a great running back. A lot of receivers, they're making some miscues, but I think they're still great receivers. They just they, – they, they can't protect Bryce Young. He's scrambling for his life, essentially. Against defenses that are, and to quote Reese Davis, ungood. Ungood. I like that. Yes, that's I, his it's word. very bad very English. Very ungood. I hope man. we don't have any English teachers listening to us. But yeah, I mean, and defensively, Will Anderson's the only one consistently making plays for you. I mean, everybody else is just kind of flags, penalties, bad miscues, busted coverages. Is not. And again, I, Bama's a top four team, but is this the Bama we're used to seeing over the last decade? Absolutely not at not. all. So let's take a step back. Okay, let's let's start here. So obviously we're referencing Alabama LSU. Alabama is comes in and they are the twenty eight and a half point favorite. Yeah. And the question all week has just been, will Alabama cover? Yep. Um, I don't think LSU played particularly well in this football no. game. I think you would almost have to say they played really bad. Their O line's awful. Max Johnson's awful. He I was mean, running like, for his life. Exactly. He couldn't do anything. I mean, even against a defense that you know. We're just saying it's not that great in Alabama's defense. And they struggled mightily. They did. And this has become a theme now. You struggled against Florida. Yeah. An ungood team, clearly. An ungood team, yeah. You struggled against A&M. 
Yep. A pretty good team, right? From what we're t- well, from what we're seeing now. And then you come out and you struggle against a really bad, almost coachless yeah. <laughs> LSU team. I know. It's and let, let, let's, okay, Bryce Young, I talk about him. 24, 37, 302 yards, two touchdowns. And I would say that's an incredible game. By Not any, incredible, but that's but a good it's game. It's a great game. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely game-manageable, serviceable football game. The man I just mentioned, Brian Robertson Jr., had 18 yards on 13 carries. LSU held him to 18 I yards. Think, I think total rush yards, it was something like six or seven yards. Yeah. And they, they gave Counting up 104 yards, Alabama did, to Davis Price. I mean, like, when's the last time you heard Alabama giving up 100 yards to a running back? You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's almost tough to wrap your thoughts around what we're seeing because you're so unused to this thing, to, to what's happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have take Georgia out of the equation. You look at the next 10 football teams, and you're like, there's not a ton of even better than good football teams yeah, out there. I agree. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like... You can have one. You can have a game where you you're, you don't play your best. I mean, it's tough to get eighteen to twenty four year olds up week after week after week. But when you're struggling against Florida, and that was when the kind of red light went off for some people going. Oh yeah, oh, this yeah. is kind of this. They won. They were tested. You yeah. know, in the swamp. That's good. This is back when we thought Florida was a really good, decent yeah. football oh, team yeah. too. Then they go to Kyle Field and they lose, and you're like, dang, they they didn't look great. But you know, yeah. Texas A and M had some breaks. You know, they were better tonight. Kyle but Field nine out of ten times. You know, yeah. And then they go and they play LSU. Just yeah. a really bad football team. Oh, yeah, completely. And they're home and everything. Yeah. And it just – the product's on the field is just agree. not there. And don't let the six-point win take away from the fact that LSU was had 20 ev- yards from winning this game. Every sh- they had two different shots yep. on on inside the 20 yep. to win the football yep. game because of a missed extra point by well, what I'll, is a very reliable kicker Alabama has. Well take, done. Take away the first one, though. They Literally, they ended the ball game. On around the 20, 25 yard line. Oh, I know. I mean, like, if you don't, if they score on the first one, then that's even a bigger concern. But it really is. I mean, it really is. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but my takeaways are Alabama's got a lot of work to do. They do. I mean, LSU's clearly a down program right now. They, they got to get a new head coach. I, I mean, they're, they're obviously probably in talks with Mel Tucker, you know, take that for what it's worth. They probably, you know, but. Alabama's got a lot of work to do. And I'm going to be honest, as much as we're talking about Alabama being down bad right now, I still feel like they beat Georgia. Nick Saban had them jokers ready to play with their heads on fire in Atlanta if they make it there. But they better strap it in. You know, you got to play a good Arkansas team who's clearly better than LSU. Yeah. You got to play a uh, – who's who's the what game I think of? Auburn, who's better than LSU. Yep. So, I mean, you better – you better strap it in and get ready, but any, anything else to add there? No, I'm pretty sure Auburn's on the planes, too, if I'm not mistaken. No, it is. So it's, that, it's in the yeah, planes. So yes. that, that's, that's, it'll be a 3.30. Yeah. I wish CBS would do a night game, but it'll be a 3.30 CBS yeah. game of the week. End of the day, though, Bama has everything in front of them. I mean, the one loss. And you're still a good football yeah. team, but comparatively, yeah, you I are agree. not a good football team. So one loss, you're leading the SEC West as long as you handle business. You know, but you, you got to get together. You got to you got a game against a no name team this coming up week, and then you kind of start the back end of that slate with Arkansas and Auburn. So get ready. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to play well to beat both those teams. But then you have a little bit of time to get ready for Atlanta, assuming you beat both the teams coming up. So and I'll I'll close it with this: If you're an Alabama fan listening and you're having trouble rocking with what we're saying, this is the pitch. This is what I would leave you with. Okay. You struggled versus a very bad Florida team. You struggled versus an even worse LSU team. And you lost to a good Texas A&M team. Do you think right now, playing the way you're playing, if you think we're wrong, that's fine, but just hear me out. Do you think you would beat Georgia playing like you played last night? Let's run down the line. Do you think you'd beat Oregon? Do you think you'd beat Ohio State? I mean, to me, all those teams are much better than LSU was. They're much yeah. better than Florida was. So, you better tighten down the hatches in terms of looking forward. Yep. And that'll wrap it up for the Bash Brothers Week in Review. Those are honestly the, probably the four biggest games we saw this week that had yep. the biggest implications moving forward. But let's get on to our second segment. This here is the Bash Brothers two-minute offense. We're going to run through about 10 to 12 games that we didn't necessarily think deserved a deep dive into it, but we definitely want to mention it. We'll go back and forth here, tennis racket style. Jordan, will you please start us off, brother? 
I reckon so. Let's get this over with. All right. <laughs> Man, this this will run you out of breath here. Y'all don't know how how physically taxing this can be. All right, we'll start this off. Friday night game here. Uh, six and three Utah rolls into Stanford. Absolutely demolishes Stanford in this game. 52 to seven here. Tavion Thomas, 20 carries, 177 yards, four touchdowns, really leading the way for the Utes here. That uh, that Oregon loss kind of looks a little worse now. Speaking of Oregon, great setup. I appreciate it. The old monsoon rivalry game here. If you if you just looked at this game on paper, you would say Oregon struggled. Well, not so much. There was literally a tidal wave on the football field, a rivalry game at home in Washington. Oregon comes out. Anthony Brown, honestly, pretty good game in a monsoon. 10-20, 98 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. The ball was slipped, dipped, diving, and dodging all night long. But Oregon gets the win. Remains only one loss, 26-16. to I don't know if this is copyrighted, but I'm going to say it anyway. Struggle win. Ohio State rolls into Nebraska, takes the dub 26-17. C.J. Stroud, 36-54, of 405 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I keep putting Ohio State in my top three, and they keep working their way back out, so I don't know what they're doing here, but they do take the win at Nebraska. I think struggle win will probably be a theme of the two-minute offense here. Game day for the first time, a historically deserved game day setting in Cincinnati versus 3-6 and six Tulsa. Cincinnati once again shows their deficiencies and very much hurts their playoff chances if they weren't hurt enough already. Desmond Ritter, 15-23, 274, two touchdowns and a pick. And if you watch the last two minutes of this football game, it was all spent on the one-yard line, and they ran about 27 plays. <laughs> the ball never moved. It was fumbled twice, and Cincinnati escapes 28-20. Michigan taking on Indiana at home, comes off that tough loss against Michigan State University and handles business 29-7. Caden McNamara, 10-18, of 18, 168 yards. Two touchdowns. Hassan Haskins goes on the ground 27 times for 168 yards. And a touchdown, Michigan State may get a little jump this week in the rankings. Finally, a couple teams who went on, who went to play football and won. Uh, number eleven, Oklahoma State, eight and one, rolls into West Virginia, and Country Roads just couldn't take them home. Spencer Sanders, great game, twenty-one to thirty-one, hundred eighty-one yards, two touchdowns. The running back Warren also balled out, sixteen carries, seventy-eight yards, and a touchdown. And finally, we got some teams covering some spreads, some teams winning some ball games that are supposed to. Really big game coming up for Oklahoma State. Absolutely, they'll see Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Speaking of the Big 12, Baylor hurting their chances at both. Upset. Absolutely. Hurting their chances at both a Big 12 title and playoff contention here. Rolls into TCU and loses this game 30-28. to Normally the sure-handed Gary Bohannon throws two picks, 14 of 20, 214 yards. Uh, Chandler Morris for TCU winds up going 29-41. 461 yards, two touchdowns. Also leads the team on the ground with 70 yards. TCU walks away with a huge upset win at home. Is winning at home, the Hugh Freeze Bowl. Hugh Freeze makes his return to Oxford, Mississippi since losing his job with his Liberty University team. And honestly, you saw the deficiencies of Malik Willis. 16 to 25, 173 yards and three interceptions versus the Heisman contender Matt Corral, 20 to 27, 324 and a touchdown on a bum ankle as Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels get the last laugh, 27-14 with game day coming to their city. Absolutely. No baked ham in Arkansas this week. Sam Pittman takes a lesson out of the Ole Miss game and absolutely wins this game on a last-minute touchdown. K.J. Jefferson, 19-23, 191 yards, one pick. Also led the team in uh, – or no, sorry. Johnson led the team in rushing here, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Will Rogers, man, what a game. 36-48, 417 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. But was not enough. Arkansas finishes the night off with the win, 31-28. We got another top 25 upset here. Five and four, Tennessee plays the 18th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky ranked in the top 25 for the playoff committee. You love to see it, but it's not going to last too long. Hendon Hooker absolutely continues to light it up. 15 to 20, 316, and four touchdowns as Tennessee comes out and gets the upset on the heels of a big matchup with the number one team in the country. Miami, I don't know what to say there, and you should have found this Van Dyke kid earlier. Miami gets a big ACC win at home, 33-30 against Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Van Dyke, 22-34, of 34, 389 yards, three touchdowns. Another huge game. Can't forget to mention, though, Jalen Knighton for Miami, 32 carries, 162 yards, one touchdown. Miami keeps rolling. Yeah, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. 
There you go. Speaking of Florida teams, one of the most talked about games coming into this Sunday, the Florida Gators South versus South Carolina Gamecocks, and the Gamecocks get the win 40-17. to On paper, this looks very bad, but breaking news here, Dan Mullen confirmed it after the game. We did hear rumors of it. Over 40 positive tests of flu for the Florida Gators, mm. including the quarterback, Emory Jones, who honestly played a decent football game, tested positive for the flu Saturday morning. So take this loss with a grain of salt. Yes, it hurts. But, hey, Shane Beamer and the boys over at the Gamecocks, that's a pretty big win. You also got another SEC test coming up. They get the dub 40-17. to We'll see what it looks like moving forward. And that'll do it for the Bass Brothers two-minute drill. There you go. I want to talk about this Florida game. And this kind of wraps up into the Alabama thing as well because you're seeing a lot of it. You're seeing a lot of blaming coaches and whatnot. At what point, and we won't spend a ton of time here, but at what point are teams just not that good? I think that's a gray area, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I mean, you see all these things, fire Dan Molden, fire our offensive coordinator, fire our defensive coordinator. I get it. I've said that before, too. But if if I, I use this analogy with Jordan before we started, if I go to my local boxing gym or my local MMA gym and I get a coach to train me to fight Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor beats me up because that's what would happen, is it my coach's fault or is Conor McGregor just better at MMA than me? I agree with that. I, I feel like there's a... It's I, a stretch, but I'm yeah. just saying here. At some point, you have to look at the talent of the kids Granted, anybody right. can win a football game. Any given Sunday is the same, but we'll switch it to any given Saturday because we're talking college football. At some point, your players have to take some responsibility, and I know that happens in the locker room internally, externally. It is the coach's job to take the responsibility. That's what he's going to say. I failed the kids. I got to get them ready, preparedness, so forth and so forth, coach speak. But at some point, you have to look at your players and say the product on the field is just not getting the job done. Yeah. And we got to make some changes. Well, I, I think the, with Florida is an interesting conversation. But if we're talking Georgia compared to Vandy, Vandy's never a good team in the SEC. They're there, but they're never a good team. Florida is a team that is continually expected to compete for an SEC East title, for an SEC title. And at this point, the recruiting hadn't been there. You have a defensive coordinator who everybody knows – is awful. He was bad at Georgia. He wasn't great at Mississippi State. He's bad at Florida. So, I'm, I mean, you know, Florida this year, not good at all. I, I have to put it on the coaches, though, because I feel like recruiting has played a huge role in this. You don't have a quarterback right now. AR-15, you know, may, maybe the future. Us there, yeah. maybe, maybe the future answer. Ever. Emory Jones ain't it. i tell you that right now. True. So, you know, I, I think this is kind of 50-50 for Florida at this time. But, yeah, I agree. At some point, some of these teams, you just got to say. No, that's a great point yeah. for Florida. Florida, I think it definitely is time to move on from some coaches. There's no doubt about that. But I think Alabama's the one that probably bothers me the most. Right. Everybody, like, you literally just came off of an undefeated season. I know you replaced some coordinators and whatnot. I understand that. But you come off an undefeated season, you struggle versus Florida, you lose a football game, and then you struggle versus LSU, and everybody's like, our coaches are terrible, they're awful. You've won six national championships in like the last 12 years. Your coaches, especially starting at the top, you got the greatest head coach of all time that's ever coached a game of college football. At some point, you gotta, you know, you gotta look at what's going on and and say, you know. I mean, you know, this is a different conversation for different things. I think Alabama is not necessarily talent level as much as it just is discipline. I mean, like, you're seeing them get flags they don't normally get. That's true. You're seeing them blow assignments they don't normally blow. I mean, yeah, I I agree. Alabama just – the the product they're getting on the field is just – it's not all coaching. I mean, you could blame coaching on it to some extent, but, yeah, there's a deeper problem there somewhere. Definitely, definitely good point there. And, hey, shout out to a good friend of the show – uh, John Nathan, he got his tweet about Alabama being down bad in a Saturday Down South article, which is honestly pretty cool. It is cool, very and much. And speaking of shout-outs, I want to throw a shout-out to a fan of the show, uh, Kelsey Schober. She tweeted at us this week, and she said, if anyone's going to lose that, because we asked, hey, what ranked team, if a ranked, or not ranked, if an unbeaten team would fall? Right. And she called it. She said, Wake Forest. She said, if it's anybody, it's going to be Wake yep. Forest. And, hey, I know two other gentlemen who called that loss, too. So Absolutely. Well High five. Yep. Here. All right. Playoffs. So you're telling me there's a playoff. There's did a playoff. Did you know that Larry Culpepper invented the playoff? Yeah, he did. On a napkin. And Dr. Pepper. He did. That's true. All 23 flavors. Yep. yep. He, t- he created the flavors that created the flavor. Absolutely. Speaking of flavor, um, actually not speaking of flavor at all, the college football committee met uh, in Texas, and uh, they came out with a 25-team ranking. 
They did? Yes, they did. I watched it. It was released Tuesday night. What did you think about the initial ranking? I think I, I liked it, General. I liked it. I, I figured Cincinnati was going to be out. I figured I thought six was a great spot for them. I think Oklahoma was the only one that kind of surprised me. I, I did not think they'd blown to the top four at all. I thought eight might have been a little far back. But, you know, I mean, granted, I understand the reason behind it. Oklahoma has looked great. Uh, Ohio State and Oregon. That's putting it nicely. Yeah. Ohio State, Oregon, obviously they flipped them like I thought. or I thought or- Ohio State would have been ahead of Oregon. Obviously, they're valuing that head matchup. We see what they value. So, a couple things there that I thought. But, yeah, all in all, I love the, the rankings. I thought they were great. Yeah, as I looked at them, uh, it, you now can give a better uh, answer as to, like if you ask me, what do you think the rankings will look like this week? I now have a good idea because I can see what this committee values. Right. Uh, we tweeted it out. This is the largest turnaround of a committee we've seen. There are six new members. Well, there's a five brand new members and one who took over halfway through the season last year. And you're now seeing what is important to these 13 individuals. Right. Right. You brought it up perfectly. From 25 to 1, head-to-head matchup was favored constantly. You know, um, and the big one being Ohio State and Oregon. I love that. I was a man, you know, if you listen to last week's podcast, you and I kind of debated over Ohio State, Oregon. I love seeing Oregon over Ohio State. They beat them head-to-head. I love that. Uh, the biggest, to me, the biggest thing as you looked uh, at the social media publicly and nation- nationally was Alabama at two. Yeah. People did not like that at all. Over multitude of undefeated teams at the time, Michigan State still undefeated, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, so forth and so on. Well, there's really not much more than that, um, especially now, down bad. But the committee, uh, well, Kirk and the guys really put it on saying, uh, don't don't worry about it. It'll work itself out. If Alabama loses, they're done. Right. Well, Joey pops in and says, I don't know if that's the case. I'm tending to start to agree with Joey. If these teams keep losing like they are, and I know we've kind of you know harped on Alabama a little bit, I don't know if a close game in Atlanta keeps you out of the playoff committee. Uh, I mean, the playoff completely. We'll wait and see. That's a conversation for another day. We'll even see if they get to Atlanta. Um, another one you mentioned it, Oklahoma being eighth. I think that you're seeing a product of you know barely beating Kansas, yeah. barely beating Tulane, struggling. You know, down 28 points to Texas. You're seeing a culmination of all of those things, and you're ranked there. And then, to me, the last takeaway is Cincinnati. Yeah, I would have put a lot of money that they would play the political game and put Cincinnati at four. Yeah, to say there you go, there's your bone. You were ranked. You won't be there in the end, but well done. Yeah, and I fully believe that if Cincinnati would have come out and just beat the brakes off Tulsa, as they should have, correct. That they would have even jumped. Yeah. I think they would have moved up to five. I really do believe that. And that's what you need. You know, if you're Cincinnati, you need chaos. But, unfortunately, they didn't handle Tulsa. Any other thoughts on the on the rankings before we rank ours? No. No, I think I'm good to go. All right. Let's get into it. Bash Brothers Playoff 6. This is our initial – well, our now second rankings of the uh, playoff committee as they meet and we'll, we'll, we'll reveal theirs on Tuesday night. We will reveal ours now. Would you like to start with your number six team in the country? First two out. Yeah, I'll start it off. You want me to do first two out or just number six? Go ahead and just pump number six. Sounds good. So, I got to slide them out. Cincinnati's out, to, in my opinion. Go, you needed to go line stand against Tulsa just to win that game. And obviously the last two weeks. needed two of them. Yeah. And obviously the last two weeks, lackluster for you. So, I'm going to slide in undefeated Oklahoma. Coming off a of bye week. Not a whole lot to say about them. Oklahoma's obviously still got everything in front of them. They're undefeated right now. They have a great chance of winning the Big 12, winning the Big 12 championship. So, I'm going to slide in Oklahoma in my, my number six spot. Well, Cincinnati was never in there for me, and they're definitely not in there now. Uh, I'm going to take the team that lost this week. For me, Michigan State, as I look at resume, they still got one of the best wins in the country when they defeated Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan's going to prove to be a pretty good football team even moving forward here. They got a big game versus Penn State, so we'll kind of see what happens there. But for me, Sparty, even after the loss to Purdue, will remain at six because there's just not a ton behind them. To me, the next best team is probably Michigan, and they beat Michigan just a week and a half ago. So I got to I gotta give them my six spot. I'll go ahead and go five for me, the team you just mentioned, Oklahoma. I know they hadn't looked great, but they are undefeated. Um, and uh, they got the – I think the win at Texas showed a lot of resilience, a lot of heart. 
Uh, they now have a quarterback, it seems, who can win some ball games. I think uh, now the Baylor game looks a lot more winnable. Yeah. The Oklahoma State will be a great test, and, right. and obviously Iowa State will be a solid test as well. So they will have every chance to prove they deserve this fifth spot and then possibly a top four spot moving forward. Yeah, I like it. I'm actually going to slide Michigan in my number five spot. Coming off a big, really? big bounce back win against Indiana. It was obviously, a good bounce back Obviously, Indiana is not a great team, but they played well. They handled, handled business. They beat the fool out of them. And, I mean, honestly, Michigan also has a lot in front of them, too. They still got to play Ohio State. Still got to play Penn State. Two great games to kind of flex the muscles here and show what you can do. Obviously, have a shot at winning the Big Ten Championship, assuming what you know Michigan State does uh, over the next couple weeks, too. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm going with Michigan at number five. Jordan Chesley Harris does not favor the uh, the the uh, head-to-head matchup there. That is not a statistic he looks at. Uh, for me, I will now crack the number four, and I think I think this is probably the most confident I have felt about a top six ranking uh, in terms of this this body of six. For number four, Ohio State. Um, I know Ohio State came out struggled a little bit. But they played a pretty good ball team. Scott Frost in Nebraska has honestly given everybody heck. I mean, they literally just keep losing these games by, like, a, a score. Yeah. I mean, you, they really could have had just a great season. And I feel like eventually they'll beat somebody, but I know time's running out. Ohio State still looks really good to me. I think the uh, the offense is more so now proving what it really is. Right. We saw them versus teams like Akron absolutely light it up. And we, we even said on this podcast, I wouldn't want to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Well, now Ohio State doesn't look near as scary. Right. When you're struggling to put up points on Nebraska, even though Nebraska's not terrible, that's not great. Um, you know, the the conversation nationally has very much been who does Georgia play that forces them to score points because Stetson Bennett or that offense won't be able to match them. Yeah. Well, Ohio State was supposed to be that guy. Right. You're not that guy, pal. No. You know, to quote the meme, you're not, you know, there's there's nobody there right now that just has that high-powered of an offense that's going to force Georgia to score points on any given day you could. But for now, number four, Ohio yep. State. I feel like the top four is so hard to me. Uh, not hard as far as who's in the top four, but hard of where you rank them because, you know, like I said last week or week before, Ohio State had a great game. I thought they were better than Oregon, especially even though with the head-to-head this week, not a great game. I got to put Ohio State in number four because of that. I still think they're playoff worthy. I still think overall they're more likely better than Oregon. But just based off what happened this week with Oregon and Ohio State's game, I got to put Ohio State number four. I'll go ahead and give it number three. People may get mad at this. Alabama's number three. Bad game against LSU. You've struggled. You've looked kind of flunky. I still think you're a top three team in the country. Don't get me wrong. But you can't keep struggling and expect to stay number two or even hope for number one spot. So, I'm going to drop Alabama down one from what I gave them last week. Hey, wheelbarrows are on sale and great minds think alike. That's what Grandma used to say, and I couldn't agree more. For me, Alabama, after playing a really, really bad LSU team, and you can't – you really have to think about how bad LSU is and how bad now it looks like Florida was, and they've struggled to win both of those ball games. I now have a better body of work to judge them off of. And like you said – this does not mean – I feel like we say it every time we hate on Alabama because yeah. they are Alabama still. I mean, they have every chance of winning a national title. It would not surprise me at all if they're standing there at the end hoisting the Dr. Pepper trophy. But Alabama, yeah, I'm with you. They fall to number three. At, we're probably going to have the same two and one. I'm assuming. I'll go ahead and jump to two. Georgia. Definitely not. <laughs> so Cincinnati, for me, is not going to be in here. It's going to be Oregon, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Oregon, you know, you look at this game against Washington – the old adage, good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah. They're playing in a freaking monsoon yeah. versus a rival at night in their rival stadium, yeah. and they cover. They cover right. the spread. You know, shout out to Alabama for not not even coming close. I mean, what Oregon did this weekend was very impressive. And Alabama was at home. Correct. Yeah. We saw BYU play in a monsoon versus, I think it was, uh, who was it they lost that first game to? Maybe Boise State, somebody like that. Yeah, I don't know. And they but... end up losing, right? Because yeah. fumbles, not protecting the football. Hey, die the running back, Anthony Brown, the quarterback. Just a great game to grind one out. Absolutely. You cover, you get the win. As of now, obviously, they own the head-to-head versus Ohio State, so I'm going to put them there. They looked very impressive against Washington this week. You have an Alabama team who did not look impressive. They are my number two team in the country. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm going the same way, Oregon. I mean, I think Oregon was a three-point favorite going in this game. Obviously, like you said, rivalry game at Washington. And it absolutely stormed. It would be so easy for Oregon to slip up here. And, I mean, obviously you wouldn't have any. Literally, not bad. Well done. I mean, and obviously you wouldn't have in your top four after that. But, I mean, they have an excuse, I think. You're on the road. It's monsooning. They handle business. They cover. They get Freaking the over. tighten your bootstraps and yeah. go get it. They did. It yeah. was. A, it was. Listen. It was a seven point favorite. We talked about switching a pick even because this was a dicey game. It was. You, if yeah. you would have picked Washington this game, I would not have said you were crazy. This had upset written all over it. And Oregon. I mean, come on now, tippy yeah. cap. I agree absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. Number one is Georgia. Nobody's going to disagree at this point. Georgia is the only team in this top ten that has not had a struggle game this year. I mean, let's be honest. They've, I think the closest game was 17 points at Kentucky, and that was because of a last-second touchdown Kentucky threw that they didn't even need. I mean, they weren't going to win at that point. So, yeah, I mean, Georgia easily handled business against Mizzou, 43-6. There's not a whole lot to say. Defense still dominant. Offense is still doing enough to get you dubbed. So, Georgia won. We didn't even mention the Georgia game at all today. No, we didn't. <laughs> because – Listen, when you when you blow a team out like that, honestly, I, we purposefully leave Georgia out a lot because it's like we don't want to just toot their own horn. Listen, they're playing, you know, lesser quality opponents. They're winning the way they're supposed yeah. to. They didn't cover the spread either. Daggummit, Georgia. Yeah, barely. It was 40, <laughs> and you got 38, I think. But, uh, yes, my number one team in the country is the University of Georgia, and I think this week you truly saw the gap get even wider. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the gap between Georgia – and Georgia could lose next week versus Tennessee. But as of now, it is Georgia a massive gap in everybody else. Yeah. The start of the season, yes, I was completely in agreement. It was Georgia, Alabama, and everybody else. It's no longer that way. It might be that way in two weeks. Yeah. It might be Alabama in a massive gap in everybody else. It might be Oregon. But right now, it's Georgia. Space, 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 space. Everybody else. Yeah, I, I fully believe that. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think you can, whether you're a Georgia fan or not, I just it, it, it's a tough debate there. Yeah, I agree. It'll be fun to see Tennessee this weekend. Tennessee is the last team on Georgia's regular season schedule. I think gives them a potential a possibility. Run. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I so. agree. What? Do you, let me ask you one question before before we move it before we move into pick them. Ask me. Will Alabama be the number two ranked team in the country on Tuesday night? Not should they. Not if they. Not if this that. Will they? I think they'll keep them there. I think because of the, the point spread in everybody's games this past week, I think Alabama will stay at two. I, I really do think Oregon should take that jump and Alabama should be at three, but we'll see what happens. For me, seeing how much they favor teams struggling, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at Oklahoma. It's a prime example, right? Oklahoma right. had two or three really bad struggle victories, and they put them at eight. I think they move Oregon up, especially looking at what Oregon did because yeah. that is – I mean, they're a traditionally very much a running team. I mean, you know, Die had five touchdowns last week. Right? Yeah. I mean, you see what they did in that monsoon. They looked impressive, and just Alabama looked really abysmal. They looked really bad. I think. I think the one thing I'm thinking Brother. about, and this may be an unpopular opinion, I don't know, but classically, I believe we have seen a bias go towards Alabama and Ohio State a lot of times in these oh, rankings. Oh, for sure, for sure. So I, I think, it will, I'll at least say it feels that way. Yeah, it does feel we that way. We have no proof. So, and granted, I mean, Alabama's always Even deserved. Oklahoma has felt that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Alabama's always deserved to kind of be in the top four throughout the no years doubt, of the playoffs. No doubt, But I think the, their actual ranking has felt kind of biased. I think Ohio State's actual ranking has felt kind of biased. So if I think the for committee that comes out and drops the mic on that, and they drop them to three like we did, I'm, I'm cool with I, I, that. Will I will be that will yeah. be a statement. Absolutely, that will put these teams on on life alert, saying, "Bro, you better not only come out and win; you better win like you're supposed to." Yeah, absolutely. Or at least don't make a habit of not winning like you're supposed to. Like I don't know, Cincinnati has. Right. All right, brother. Pretty good slate of games coming up this yeah. weekend. Honestly, some good slate of games, and we're gonna start with a Friday night lights game. Mm-hmm. I love this game, man. This has pick them written all over it and honestly you're glad it's on friday night because we don't have to pick it for pick them yeah north carolina tar heels versus Pitt. north carolina coming off of a massive win Pitt, who looked incredible coming in you know early the season they got to six and two kenny pickett just absolutely balling yeah kind of taking a step back as of late yeah really good miami win against them 
Who you taking? Pitt's the home team. I don't know if we have a spread just yet. No spread yet. We're I'm, doing this a little early on Sunday. I'm taking Pitt. I'm going to take Pitt and draw the rib. I, I think I trust Kenny Pickett a lot more in this game to possibly go out and get a dub. The biggest stat line in this game, Ty Chandler has really been the one carrying this North Carolina offense. And Pittsburgh has only given up 107 rushing yards a game. So, I, I think that benefits Pitt a lot. I think Kenny Pickett benefits Pitt a lot. So, yeah, give me Pitt at home on Friday night. I will disagree with you on why. I think I actually trust Sam Howell more. Yeah. Sam Howell and and their running back as well, that uh, in the, the, the Tennessee uh, transfer has just been balling, Ty Chandler. And strong last name, too, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, but for me, the X factor is Pitt's defense. You right. mentioned the, you mentioned the stat, but you, but for me, it's the defense. UNC ain't got no defense, bro. Right. They don't. They have eleven guys who go out there and they go. That dude's got the ball. Let's just kind of chase him around. Yeah. Until he gets into that big square on the end zone, and then we'll stop chasing him. That's how they play defense, right? You saw it this weekend at Wake Forest. And uh, for me, this will be another game. Points, points, points. Oh yeah. But Pitt will get some stops and probably some turnovers. Give me Pitt by 10. They'll win by like two it. scores. Let's go here. Number one team in the country, Georgia Bulldogs, going into the checkerboard. I was going to say, you know this is going to be a checker game. Oh, absolutely. It's got to be. So, who you got here? There's no point spread. Georgia's an 88% matchup predictor, but that's all we got so far. Wow, brother. 88% versus probably the second-best SC East team. Can we say uh, that yeah, now? I, I mean, agree. they just I beat Kentucky. So. I mean, with Hendon Hooker, I agree with that completely. Oh, man, he is playing very well. Oh, like, 100%. Obviously, the pick is Georgia, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to give credit where credit is due, man. Josh Heupel has very quietly had yeah. a very good season. Yeah. And I still stand by if if Hendon Hooker plays versus Pitt, they beat Pitt, and they got even one more win on the resume. Are they 5-4? They're 5-4. Five 5-4. And four. Five yeah. and four. Uh, that's a pretty dang good season. Uh, you need one more win to get the bowl eligibility. I think they will get there, and I think they'll go to a bowl. I mean, they just beat the number 14th ranked team in the country. Yeah. And uh, th- they can put up some points. Um, the narrative moving into this game is, you know, you keep – the insiders are saying that JT Daniels will be the starter by the SEC championship game. I've even heard as early as Charleston Southern, which yeah. is in two weeks. So I think you see JT get worked more into the game. Right. We, we saw him enter the game and, and start to knock some rust off. You can definitely tell he hadn't had a ton of game snaps. You know, yeah. He started two ball games this year, and one he couldn't hardly throw that being Clemson. He also didn't have a receiver to throw to, really. But I think Georgia wins. I imagine the spread opens somewhere around 17 Probably. because yeah. Tennessee can, can put some points up. Um, let's, let's, since we don't have a spread, let's play this game. How many points does Tennessee score? I I'll give him ten. I like it. I like I'll it. I give him ten. I'll say I'll say nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Give me like the it. under. They won't actually score nine because I don't think they'll miss an extra point and kick a right. field goal. But maybe three field goals. Yeah, I can see that. Bet. I, I, the Georgia of old, this game would scare me. I, I think you'd probably agree with that, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it's, it still does. Yeah, bro. any given Saturday still applies It's just here, like the but, Braves being up seven in the ninth yeah. inning. Until you change the narrative and win, the narrative stays the same. I think at the end of the day, obviously, Hannon Hooker, great quarterback. I think he's going to put some pressure on Georgia, especially. He will be running for his life, though, like he a- has Absolutely. Not, but, you know. I mean, we know what Georgia's defense does. Tennessee's defense has given up 418 yards, on. I mean, every game. So, Georgia's offense is going to have a great opportunity here to score a lot of points. Is Georgia. I, I 17, if it spreads at 17, I'd take the over. Oh, okay. I would take the over, too. Yeah. It'd probably be closer to, like, 20. 21. Yeah, I agree. But so, we'll see what Vegas thinks. Yep. They're pretty smart. Yep. Where do you want to go from there? Uh, let's go Michigan-Penn State. Uh, what felt like would be a massive game, honestly, uh, still is a massive game, if you ask me. Penn State's performance against Ohio State – Showed me the real Penn State. Uh, Penn State is obviously still continuing to get healthier with Sean Clifford. Um, give me Michigan. I know Penn State's the home team. Does it have a time for the game? Is it? A, it's a noon game. It's a so, noon game. Yeah, that hundred percent favors Michigan as well. Michigan is a good football team, man. They got a great defense, and Cade McNamara is slowly getting better and better and better. And if it wasn't for him having to go into the tent and that backup coming in and fumbling that ball, they're yeah. sitting here undefeated, a top-four-ranked team in the country, yeah. going into a pretty solid uh, Big Ten matchup here. Penn State will give them some heck. Penn State's got a solid defense of their own and can put up some points. But I like Michigan here. I feel like this spread will probably be minus three Michigan. And I would say Michigan – Five. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Michigan still has everything to play for. 
Penn State, unless some really screwy things happen, you're not even playing for a Big Ten title at this point. So, give me Michigan. I mean, so far they're averaging better on offense, averaging better on defense. I mean, if this was Penn State at night, maybe I want to swing a little bit there. But at this point, I got to take Michigan. And, and yeah, I mean, I think I think they – I don't say they win convincingly, but I don't think they struggle a whole lot in this game. The only X factor for Michigan is don't get caught looking ahead. Handle business. Yeah, I know I you're you're focused on the team that wears scarlet and silver. I know that. I know what's coming. Hate week is on its way. It will get here in its due time. All yep. things in good time. I yep. promise. Handle business here, and then handle your business there. Uh, this is honestly, if if TCU doesn't come out and get a massive upset, game day is in your city. Yeah, Oklahoma Baylor. Yep, ba- Oklahoma's first real test. I mean, this really is Oklahoma. We thought Texas was their first real test. Texas is not a great football team. Texas, once again, just got throttled by Iowa State, a team that Oklahoma will enhance get to play. This is a tough pick. It is. I think the big question, both these teams have very similar defenses, and the defense on both teams has been consistent with what they give you. I think the biggest question for Oklahoma is what offense do you get from your Oklahoma offense? If the Oklahoma offense, we saw absolutely throttle of – I can't remember who they played two weeks ago, but Caleb Williams had his real big breakout game. If we see that offense, I think Oklahoma takes this game. If we see the offense we've seen kind of the, the trend all season with them, I think this one goes Baylor. I do think Oklahoma takes a step in the direction they need here. I think Caleb Williams has a great game. I think Oklahoma wins a shootout. I want Baylor. I, I'm taking Baylor. taking Baylor. Baylor's got the better defense. Baylor's the home team. What time we playing? It's a noon game. It's a noon game. Okay, so Big Twelve, and that's probably where uh, Big Twelve, Big Ten uh, Live will be. Uh, for me, Baylor's got the better defense, and that will be the X factor. You mentioned it. This will be a shootout. A shootout favors the one team that has the better defense. Oklahoma does not play defense. They're kind of they kind of choosing or not to as well, and. I have not seen an Oklahoma offense play consistently at all. Right. I mean, even the Texas game where they came back. Yeah. Bro, I know the story. Caleb Williams, my, my dude was throwing it up yeah. and going, Lord, please let my guy catch it. And then the dude wearing the red helmet would catch it. Right. I mean, those were not good throws, okay? He was throwing it up and praying, and it worked out. I like Baylor in this game. Give me the home team. This fits Mama's rule of college football. I guarantee you this is a coin flip game. Most likely. Oklahoma might be favored by three. I think TCU getting the upset of Baylor is an indication of Baylor looking ahead. Yeah. Which teams got to quit doing, man. You got to handle business first before you get to next week. week. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Give me Baylor. I like it. Let's go with this SEC West matchup here. Maybe lost a little bit of luster since A&M won this past week. But Mississippi State rolling into Auburn, rolling into the Plains. We got a noon game, no spread so far. Auburn's obviously a 66% chance matchup predictor. Uh, I just, everything wants me to pick Mississippi State here because of Bo Nix, but Bo Nix has been great at home so far this season. Fantastic. I think home. Auburn has a chance to have a real big back, bounce back game. They still have playing Alabama to look forward to just to try to get this dub, so it's a chance for them to improve. I'm going to take Auburn. Yeah, I'm with you. I go Auburn too. Honestly, I understand the Bo Nix inconsistent narrative. You've liked that narrative for a while, and for a while it stuck. Bo Nix, since the LSU game, has played really good. They ran up against a really good Texas A&M team in Kyle Field yesterday, and Bo Nix was running for his life, and the magic just wasn't there. He still he didn't play terrible. Like, even the fumble. Like, yes, you need to protect yeah. the football. But, I mean, you're running for your life, you know, dip-diving, dodging, diving, and dodging. <laughs> I'm kind of running with that. And, and, that's what, and that's what happens, right? Uh, but I think Bo Nix has a good game. Will Rogers and Mississippi State has had a good season. Yeah. I mean, they just played Arkansas super competitively. I mean, they played a lot of teams really well and even gotten some big wins. I mean, let's not shy away from the fact that they own the win versus Texas A&M. Yeah. They beat A&M. Now, that was early in Zach Salzada getting his first couple starts, knocking the rust off. So, take that with a grain of salt. But give me Auburn by a touchdown. I like it. And I I'm like confident it. in that. I really I like am. It. I like that game. Yeah. And I, I, I got a good feeling we'll have to pick it, too. Yeah. So, 3.30 Big Ten matchup here. Purdue coming off a huge upset. It's already had two top three upsets this week, this year. Ohio State has made a call to the playoff committee and said, bro, rank us sixth. Yeah. Just yeah, get yeah. us out of the top five. Yeah. I have a feeling this will be another top – I'll expand it to top five game for them this week. Uh, should be top four most likely, but we'll see what happens on Tuesday. But I, I, I don't think Purdue does it at the horseshoe for Ohio State. I think Ohio State takes this game. 
Could be a close one. I I, I kind of give Ohio State a kind of a kind of a good spread here. I bet they win by at least two touchdowns. So here's what I think happened, right? This is this is me. If I'm sitting here, I'm Ohio State. So uh, they hear this lore: Purdue beats top five teams with ease, right? Yeah. And uh, Michigan State saw it happen to Iowa and said, "Iowa ain't that good. They just weren't that good. That that ain't a real thing." Boom, they lose. Now Ohio State gets the favor of going. Holy cow! This Purdue team actually beats a lot of people. Yeah. Let's take it serious. We got we got Michigan coming up. Don't get me right. wrong. They're looking oh, yeah. forward to that too. Listen, hate week is very real. They'll take all the M's out. They, they do that. I mean, if you follow college football, ain't an M in the city that ain't covered with a red X. You will see the Ohio State Buckeyes come out alive. Purdue, after a big emotional win, I don't think is able to get it done. Yeah. I think I go low confidence on this because we going to have to pick oh, it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because this, this has upset written all over it. Yeah, 100%. They've literally already done it twice. Purdue has. Those Purdue helmets with, like, the monochrome P, I don't yeah, know if you yeah, saw yeah. it. Yeah, Nasty. Oh, yeah. That was nasty. For sure. But Ohio State at home, in the shoe, they get it done. And, yeah. I, and I think you see them handle it pretty yeah. easily. I like it. I like it. Game day. 7-2, 7-2, SEC West matchup. A battle for second place yep. as of now. Currently number 14, Texas A&M rolls into Oxford, playing number 16, Mississippi State, or Ole Miss, sorry. And granted, come Tuesday, this is going to be different. But this is what we have right now as far as rankings go. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think this is an easy pick. I, I feel like it is. Ole Miss's defense is terrible. It is. Absolutely it terrible. Is. Texas is. A&M has showed they can bow their backs play decent, playing defense. Texas A&M right now has everything to play for. They're yep. playing – for a chance to go to the SEC Championship, assuming one of these other teams can take care of Alabama before the end of the season. Give me A&M. I don't know what the spread is. I'm not going to pick over and under because I'm scared to. Just give me A&M. I'm with you on the spread there. I don't. I mean, A&M will be favored, but let's be honest. Ole Miss being the home team and, you know, they can put up some points too. Uh, to me, that's their only shot is to just – pull the top off of the offense and yeah. just try to outscore them. You know, like the old Miss-Alabama game two years ago, just try to do that. Um, Lane Kiffin will have them ready. I think this moves more into a competitive game if Matt Corral is clearly healthy. I mean, that man balled out against Liberty, and he's limping the whole game. Oh, yeah. Um, and that game had a lot of significance for that program. And he's too. your lead rusher, too, for that exactly. matter. Exactly. The offense flows through him in every way, whether that's in the air or on the ground. And he's just not healthy, man. And they, like you mentioned it, A&M has proven that they got some defense. They can play some defense when necessary. I mean, you saw it versus Alabama, you know, so forth and so on. Yes, I think this is pretty easy pick, A&M. This is one of those games where I can't really find a reason. I know Ole Miss is the home team, the Grove, you know, Oxford, yeah, yeah, game yeah. day. I get it. It just ain't enough, man. Yeah. It's like when Kentucky and Georgia played. There's not really – yeah, Corso's got to put the the you know somebody got to put headgear on. The yeah. pick's got to be made. I just can't find an argument for the upset pick here. Yeah, I agree. So, last game. This one means absolutely nothing. Nothing at unless all. Unless you're Cincinnati. This is a fun pick, and though. this means everything. It does. So obviously, I'm talking about UCF, SMU. SMU's come off two straight losses. Uh, two straight losses. Two straight losses. Cincinnati is hoping that they can take care of UCF. Fresno State big. broke them. Yep. Or was it San Diego State? I think it's San Diego. Yeah, San Diego State. So, but anyway, uh, Cincinnati's hoping they can win big here and sneak back in the top no, it was 25. Houston. Houston. Yeah, it was Houston. Houston. Yeah, because you picked Houston, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So yeah, I did not, and I lost that game. So anyway. We'll see what happens here. I think this is an easy pick. I feel like it is. I feel like it should be. UCF has not been great this season. SMU hasn't been great for the last two games, but I feel like a bounce back is coming for them. I'm taking SMU. I'm going to take them pretty big, too, because I don't think UCF is good enough to win this You're not game. rolling with the Gus bus? I'm not rolling with the Gus bus. It's out of gas. Gus Miles, hey, they're 6-2. and two. Honestly, six hadn't and had a bad 6-3. and three. That's not a bad season. First first year head coach, that's not a bad season. Uh, I know, I think they probably had higher expectations than 6-3. and three, But this is a big game for them. Yeah. This puts them at 7-3 and three on the season. This will be their biggest win of the season so far. Uh, Smoo has had a good season as well. They have. I know back-to-back losses hurts. But I'm with you. Smooth's the right pick. Yeah. Uh, they're pl- I mean, they, you know, still got a great quarterback. They actually do play a little bit of defense. And, you know, Gus Malzahn's track record in, in massive games like this isn't the greatest. Nope. So give me Smooth. But I'm sorry, bro. Cincinnati, there's no shot for you. You think it's awkward that he's playing for the team that, that beat his team for the national championship in 2017? 
think that's awkward for Gus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow. You gotta. You gotta help me out here. Remember, remember, I didn't you, follow your analogy. UCF won't oh, beat okay. Auburn in the bowl game that is to correct. win the national okay. championship. Now I'm with you. That's right. Yeah. They, they are the. And national now he's champions. coaching for him. That's crazy. They're the national champions, bro. It is crazy, dude. Why don't we just claim to be the national champions? Not not a team. Just me and you. I'll make shirts. Can we get a banner? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll get magnets. We'll get flags. We'll get car magnets, decals, everything. We'll sell them on Facebook. On the Bash on the Brothers, page. yeah, for yeah. sure. Speaking of the Facebook page, you can follow us at Bash Brothers Podcast on Facebook. You can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That be Apple Podcasts. That be SoundCloud. You know why I'm laughing. That would be wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll get to what we're going to in a second. Uh, Jordan, where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Harris underscore six, and uh, hopefully getting some Olive Garden or something here in the next hour or so. Uh, what about a possible like COD Twitch channel? For the Bash Brothers, I would do it in a heartbeat. We gotta, we gotta knock the rust off. Yeah, we do for Maybe. sure. You know, that's something. We'll see how we do in this new two v two King of the Hill mode. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Twitter, Facebook. You can find us at B Brothers Pod on Twitter. That's B Brothers P O D. The Twitter's always jumping. The listens have been great, man. The support and everything. For real, thank you. It's yeah. been great. Just, We're coming up. Just talk about grandma. Coming up on a thousand listens, and you know where I'm going, dude. I talked to your grandmother this weekend. She found an iPod Nano at a yard sale. Oh my okay? Gosh. Yeah. And she 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 got it. Yeah. And she downloaded the podcast on it. And it's one of those that's like a little square. You remember those? Yes. And it has like the lock feature on the side and everything. Bro, I'm not even listening to you. It's just, monochrome just blue and she that's loves awesome. it, dude. I'm glad. She listened to the whole episode. Uh, that's she said great. you did really good too. Uh, that's good. She she was proud of you. Yeah. She said, Tell Jordan I'm so proud of him for talking about uh, football. Please close it out. All right. As always, man, enjoy some good football. Atlanta Braves, World Series champions. Absolutely. I'm actually ready to break the season down and, and you know look over everything. Yep. Uh, and obviously, NBA's in full swing, NFL and college football, man. There's nothing like college football in November in the fall. Absolutely. The air has changed. The leaves yep. have changed and fallen. And talking of falling, some big teams are too. Absolutely. More is on the way. We got some big games coming up. Enjoy the week. Enjoy some food. Enjoy your family. And as always, we are the Bash Brothers, signing off. Yerp.